to not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VH Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of VHS Saturday, the show where we discuss these strange and unusual, odd and obscure VHS tapes that we obtain through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. And I'm Allison. And this week... Our episode goes up the day before 420. And so what better way to celebrate than to get high and watch the peak of 1980s anti-drug PSAs, cartoon all-stars to the rescue. We decided (laughs) for this episode, we would each eat an edible before we started recording. We would see how far we could get in before we were just incoherent, you know, in spirit of the holiday. You don't think this counts as the 80s, even though it's like... No. No. It it was April 21st, 1990. They, they were a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Air eight on the 21st of yeah, 1990. Yeah, this aired on April 21st. <laughs> like, they're trying to tell people not to do drugs the day after 420. How many people got fucked up on 420, woke up the next morning, saw this airing on TV, and were like, oh, shit, I should have said no. I should have just said no yesterday. It's too late. Elf is in this. <laughs> you... I'd be jumping the gun. No, hold bit. on. No, this is this is the way how it's relevant. Are you gonna really look me in the eyes and tell me that Alf is part of the 1990s and not the 1980s? Okay, to be fair. Or the Smurfs. Yeah, and then the Elvin and the Chipmunks. This cartoon that came out in 1990 is peak 1980s. I'll concede the point because I want to move on. We have this crazy special to talk about. I just want to get into it. In case somebody is not familiar with this gem. Which, like, honestly, this is not really obscure. In terms of VHS, I mean, there was, like, a limited release of it, but it's That was distributed by McDonald's. Yeah, (laughs) but it's not really hard to find. Honestly, the original television broadcast is harder to find. What's interesting to note about the original television broadcast was that it was a simulcast between multiple networks and also just multiple countries. Was it it aired on other countries the same day? No. Um, So some countries got it way later. But the cool thing about all of these is that pretty much whatever country this aired in had an intro by that country's leader or at least their vice leader or whatever you want to say. So for the U.S. version, it opens up with an introduction literally from the president of the United States at the time, George H.W. Bush and his wife, Barbara. Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue is the powerful story of a teenager dealing with drug and alcohol abuse. Some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. And make the right decision. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. They were super stoked about this project. You, they you got... left out their dog, Millie. Millie, oh, was, yeah. in, <laughs> Millie was in the oh, shot, too. Millie, forgive me. <laughs> Millie. Very important. <laughs> Millie was in it. Um, Almost every family has had a first dog at the White House. So we called it the peak of drug PSAs. Because it doesn't get better than this. It's the Super Smash Bros. of uh, cartoons. (laughs) Exactly. The film is introduced by the president 
The funding was from McDonald's, uh, distributed by Buena Vista Home Video, who, you know, does a lot it's of Disney. Disney. It's Disney. Yeah. Um, this was actually executive produced by Roy E. Disney. We got Warner Brothers working on this. We got Deke working on this. Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera. Like I said, it's the Super Smash Bros. of cartoons and that's like it was simulcast, actually. I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that until actually today that they simulcasted it between ABC, CBS, NBC and Fox because they wanted to make sure every fucking kid saw this. Yes. And you couldn't if you're a kid on Saturday morning on the 21st and you're trying to watch cartoons and you see this fucking bullshit and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to switch to ABC. Oh, fuck. It's the same. No, no matter what channel you went to to watch your fucking Saturday morning cartoons, you had to sit through this shit. The irony is that they held us prisoner with this and um, the policies that enacted this special would also hold millions of people prisoner, literally, um, for shitty reasons. So, as you know, obviously we are getting quite inebriated as every minute passes. I'm fine. <laughs> Henry doesn't get affected by edibles nearly as much as I do, so... I have to take literally twice as much as you do. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that might explain some things. I can't really predict how this is going to go. There's no edibles in this movie, though. There are some questionable drug things. Yeah, okay. So the gist of the story is, is that... There's this kid named Michael and he steals his little sister Corey's piggy bank to try to score some drugs. And the cartoon characters all come to life and take him on this fucking like Christmas Carol style journey looking into the future and the past and blah, blah, blah. Some of them are cartoon characters. Some of them are toys. So yeah. like they want to wake her up because they find realize her piggy bank has gone missing. Yes. So Winnie the Pooh is like, he comes alive. That's her doll she sleeps with. Mm -hmm. And who the fuck else was? Okay. Oh, so no, the Smurfs, the Smurfs. The that, order of events are the Smurfs wake up first. They emerge from a comic book. Yeah, they're in a comic book on the floor. And then Garfield's a fucking lamp. And then Alf is a picture. And they... They start coming alive to try to they all are talking together to like wake her. And then Slimer. Wait, 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 no, don't don't <laughs> okay. bring up Slimer yet. OK, uh, so anything that's a depiction of anything basically comes to life, including Kermit the Frog. But he's unaware that they set him off because he like he's he's a he's an alarm clock. Right. And he's like, I hate it. Will this happen? I just I don't know why I did a Pee Wee <laughs> Herman voice. When this happens. But uh, so she's like, why did I set an alarm on Saturday? And then she like leaves, right? Does she like No, like what because this is why we have to get to Slimer. Because Slimer floats in through the wall. It's not explained how he's in the real world. I right. guess you know, ghosts are just a thing. So, you know, he's there. You don't need a that, justification for that. So in the world that we just set up. It's very Toy Story-esque. They really and, want to justify why these characters why, are in the real world. Right. And then it that is the only time we get any sort of explanation because Slimer just shows up. He's like, <laughs> and then he like... He just floats in through the wall. Right. As ghosts do. And he somehow like shines a light on where the piggy bank normally is. I think he like eats a lamp or something and he's able to <sighs> like shine up. light through his mouth. I don't know, but he shines it like a spotlight on the spot on her 
dresser where the piggy bank is. And so, of course, the first thing she sees when she wakes up is, oh, my gosh, my piggy bank is missing. And not, you know, Slimer. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking being. Yeah. But while this is happening, there are other cartoons who went to find out where it was first. And so they find out that her older brother, Michael, stole the piggy bank. So Michael's going back to his room with the piggy bank and emptying the contents onto his bed. And there's a bunch of quarters and he's like, it's got to be like 20 bucks in here. I counted. It was not. But (laughs) I digress. You counted. Yeah, it's it's in fours. He just pours out a handful of change (laughs) onto his fucking bed. It was like, you know, six bucks. (laughs) Look, I don't know what weed prices were like back in 1990, but that doesn't matter. It wasn't 20 bucks. He he wasn't like, oh, this is going to get no, me. No, I'm a- saying like, what could you get with six dollars in 1990? You get a, a joint for six bucks now. Yeah. So, so then the cartoon characters go underneath the bed and they find the box. Well, they hide under the bed. Right. Because it's like Toy Story. They can't be found. Right. <laughs> but then later they're just like, <laughs> Hello, I'm here. You're in the park. I think it's more like they were scared because Michael, I mean, he's already stealing. What else is he capable of? Murder. <laughs> what other evils? The, the drug PSA is something that we will make me murder people. <laughs> we'll make you a terrorist. <laughs> Theodore opens Theodore the opens up. So he's got like a stash box yeah. underneath his, uh, his he's bed like, there. What is this stuff? Oh, what's that funny smell? I hate to suggest this, but my guess would be marijuana. An unlawful substance used to experience artificial highs. A very, like, uncomfortable thing to discuss when talking about Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue is, like, how do my favorite cartoon characters know what marijuana (laughs) is? Like, I am a child on Saturday morning, April 21st, 1990, and I'm watching this cartoon. And I don't know what marijuana looks like. No, I can understand if they knew what it looked like. But the fact is that based off that smell, that means Simon would have to be around. You can't describe a smell. to some, You can't read about a smell and have an accurate, yeah. you know, concept. What does this smell like, really? Mm-hmm. You know? And so for Simon to say, well, from the smell of it, marijuana, yeah. the way he says it, it's just so degrading. Marijuana. <laughs> yeah, it's like very a, disappointing. It's like, fuck you, Simon. <laughs> You're my favorite. Oh, but you know what? Fuck you, dude. I'm obsessed with the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks. Dude, so I. I was so obsessed with the kid. Yes. I really, really like I had dolls. Um, yeah. There were so many good have, Alvin and the Chipmunks VHS back then. I have uh, their CDs. Yes. I have all their Christmas CDs. So good. Um, did you, have you ever seen the 1960s Alvin and Chipmunks? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. I know. Um, um, anyway, so... <laughs> Marijuana. So, marijuana. <laughs> but okay, we found a freeze frame because we were looking at this box. Yeah, of they show marijuana paraphernalia. They show the box and we're like, what well, the hold fuck on is a second. This? Like, what the fuck is it? It's that? like, okay, I see some matches. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. there's <laughs> like pulling up a picture of the box. It's like the bottom right corner obviously matches. Top left corner. 
They looked like old moldy uh, French fries, but we're assuming they're joints. Yeah, they're like blunt roaches or something. They're like dark brown and very crumbly. They're yeah. like they like bent. Yeah. Like, damn, who fucking rolled that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then we also have. But then like, the, there's like the silver. Yeah. What did they call it? The space clam? Someone's called it a space clam because it just <laughs> it's a silver disc. Like it looks like a silver clam. Um, Everybody get up. It's time to clam now. <laughs> Welcome to the space clam. <laughs> like, you can literally Google cartoon all stars. What's, what's in the, in the box? box? <laughs> Because people have just been so fascinated by the contents of the box. They're like, hold on. I don't know what the fuck that is. What is that? They only show it for like a second. But if you pause it, you're just like, hold on. It's like, wait, this isn't anything that I've seen before. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a. I think it's another pack of matches in the bottom middle. You know what? It's rolling papers. In the middle there. Okay, so the, the one that thing that's really, really weird that was fucking with us is in the top right corner. And it looks like it looks like the toy you play with like the rolly thing and you have the string and you try A to like yo yo. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it looks like a sock, bro. <laughs> no. Uh, what is that? What did you just pull up on Google? What not is ball that? catch. It's, it looks like a ball catch, but uh, oh what? Um, that thing. It looks kind of no, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. What is that? Diabolo. 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 <laughs> so it's like uh, it's you have a stick in each hand oh. with a string, and this this thing rolls up and down, and yeah. you, you build up momentum, and you throw it in the air, and you catch it, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of fucking tricks and shit. Yeah, yeah, it looks like one of them. <laughs> Yes, it looks like it really that, does. that's all it looks like to me. <gasps> Maybe it, that's the thing he likes to play with when he's high. Oh my god! <laughs> Same. <laughs> Do you know I like to spark up a joint and play with my space clam and my <laughs> Diablo. Diablo. <laughs> Sometimes my Diablo. <laughs> what the, what could the space clam be? I don't know. I don't know. What is that? I would say like I don't know, like an ashtray or something. Is it pliers like hole a road? Oh, <laughs> I doubt it. Does it. I mean, kind of looks like that. Anyway, back to the fucking plot of this goddamn. So the fucking like thing. studio overseas that they commissioned to animate this entire fucking movie in only six weeks, which is true, by the way. They were like. Yeah, so the box has got drugs full of it. Can you just put some drug paraphernalia in there? And they're like, well, I don't know what I drugs are. I've done fucking drugs. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, a uh, fucking space clam. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Corey talks about uh, her concern with Michael's changes behavior. Like they yes. talk, he flips out and like leaves. I'm gonna fucking hide you, fuck. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure our listeners are well aware that, you know, these edibles ain't shit. So it's, that's a secret code word. You're going to activate them now. <laughs> 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 OK, 
What happens next, Henry? He goes to the arcade. Yes, to score his drugs. That's where all the kids like to sell and do drugs. In literally inside the arcade. Then, Then they magically end up outside of it. They're inside when they start dealing the drugs. Yeah. And then when they're doing the drugs, all of a sudden they're outside, but we don't see it. We know they're outside because like we see the cop cars pull up. Fully within the realm of this at this point. God damn it. Like, oh, wait, it's- <laughs> are we just going to gloss over the fact that, OK, they're smoking a joint in the arcade or outside the arcade, wherever they're smoking a joint in a place that is just way too public and inappropriate to smoke a joint at especially as literal children. They're smoking, and then this one kid pulls fucking crack rocks out of his pocket all casually, like, just bare palm. Like, hey, check out these crack rocks. They'll get you real high. And then we meet his friend's smoke. Yeah. We have another cartoon character, which is, like, his conscience... But people can't see it except him and the cartoon characters. Smoke is basically like the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. He's like, peer pressure manifest. The crack is like they're exchanging this crack and then the cops come. And they all run away. They all run. They all book it. Smoke is chasing after Michael. We see a manhole cover because you know where this is going. We got our green <laughs> friends. Who, li- this, who, lives who lives in the sewer? Who lives in the sewer that was in a cartoon in the 1980s? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So the manhole gets lifted and this kid gets yanked down, which was like, you know, I don't know how you would do it when he's running forward. He would like slam into part of it because <laughs> motion has to go out. forward somehow. You know, <laughs> you grab his legs. He's going to like slam his face because he's still got that forward momentum. But physics aside, fine. Blah, he's, blah. Cartoon logic. Blah, blah. <laughs> then Michelangelo uses the manhole cover to smack smoke as he's running by mm. and smokes like knocked out for a bit. And Michelangelo, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is down there telling him drugs aren't cool. Dude, your brain must be totally messed up. You actually do a pretty good uh, Michelangelo. <laughs> um, oh, we totally skipped the part where um, we meet Bugs Bunny. Oh, uh, because he runs he into like a park. He, he runs into an alley that like he's running away from the cops and he gets to a dead end and he turns around and he sees the shadow of the cop getting closer and closer. And then when he finally rounds the corner, it's literally fucking Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And he doesn't question Bugs Bunny being there at all. So, like, is this a normal thing for cartoons just to come alive? I mean, if you are a heathen who takes part in marijuana smoking, you know, who knows what kind of crazy shit you see. If this is just how it goes, that just cartoons come alive, like just you're running from the cop, turns out to be Bugs Bunny. Like, all right. If they acted surprised at all. I would be like, oh, yeah, fuck. He was like, he sees it, surprised, and just accepts it, right? Yeah. But no, he just instantly accepts the fact that Bugs Bunny's talking to him. I think he has a moment later where he says something like, uh, oh, I don't even know what's real anymore. But I feel like that he says that later than this. Like, Yeah, that's after he has, like, the fucking, like, acid trip. <laughs> yeah, the fucking... Produced by Mike Judge. Yeah, it's exactly. Trip. It looks exactly like that sort of thing. But first, we need to touch on the fact that Bugs Bunny has a fucking time machine. Oh, no, no, no. 
has a literal so fucking time. He, he traps Smoke, right? He says, we're going to need this. And he pulls out this remote control from no pockets because he's Bugs Bunny, <laughs> pushes this button, throws the remote control down, and then we see this metal sphere with a submarine door, a ring on top of it, and two antennas. And Michael immediately goes, you have a time machine. Look, I didn't know that was a time machine, okay? I thought that was a fucking UFO. It looks like a spaceship or a submarine. It looks like the way spaceships are drawn in like Looney Tunes. Right, exactly. And it's like Marvin the Martian. Exactly. What did you say? It looked like the thing from The Fly? Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like the teleport uh, machines from yeah. the fly. He's got the, he's got the submarine uh, hatch door, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it's it looks like anything. And a time machine doesn't actually exist. So what is a time machine? Who knows? This we, deep. Like, it doesn't exist. So it can be literally anything a writer wants to be, whether that being a DeLorean or a refrigerator Wait a or second. a virtual reality helmet. A DeLorean? Why the fuck didn't they make it a DeLorean? They did references to everything. I know, right? 80s. And, and Back to the Future did have a cartoon in the 1980s. Yeah. Like, it should have been like the DeLorean. Like, like Doc how, Brown should have showed up there. That's how kids at that time thought of time travel. Oh, yeah. Like, Hands down. It was fresh in their minds. Yeah, it, it, it was. I'm telling you. Like, I remember. But Missed opportunity. You're going to shill? Like, just go all the way yeah. with it. You were so close. But yeah, so Michael goes, you have a time machine, which would mean he would have to have seen a time machine before, let alone the same make and model that Bugs Bunny's guy, because I highly doubt he engineered that himself. Maybe it was Acme. They put out some pretty good stuff. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Does Michael shop at Acme in the time machine section? Bugs Bunny does. That's what I guess. Oh, oh, like how does Michael How does Michael see this thing with no markings go, maybe that's a time machine. Maybe the time machine is actually his second time seeing it, that it's coming back. So he's like entered a time loop (laughs) where like it's like Tenet. And so he's going. <laughs> this is how we have to make this make sense. <laughs> Look, OK, I didn't think this hard about it because I'm like, they're cartoons. They're not really explaining a lot of the logic. They're not getting deep with it. And that's fine. But I it's just I think really this is the weirdest part for me is how did he know that's a time machine? Yeah, that is very bizarre like, that he would it's have weird. to. He he it says it suspicious. in a way that he recognizes it. It's not. What is it? Wow, it's a time machine. Yeah, you have if, a time machine? What if it's like a teleporter? Right. I, th- I thought it was a teleporter. Like, it's like it's just it looks like a teleporter. What if it's like a sleeping pod or a rocket ship or yeah. something like you automatically say Bomb shelter? Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, time machine. <laughs> How do you know that? Uh, what, like all they needed to add was, what is that? Yeah. It's a time machine. You've yeah. got a time machine? That's, that's it. But he goes, you got a time machine. Oh, wait, so why is Bugs Bunny just whipping out a time machine? What's his <laughs> what's his goal with doing that? <laughs> he wants to take Michael. And he wants to show him yesteryear, two years ago, when Michael was a good kid and didn't do drugs. So they're showing him, like I said, this is like Ghost of Christmas Past type shit. 
being like, look at you were so happy. You didn't need drugs. And then that's when he uh, they go back to the current time. Back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Try to avoid saying that. <laughs> but they do. They go back to the future, which is now the past. Right. But then it was the present. This <laughs> <laughs> time travel is more complicated than Terminator Genesis. <laughs> so then he meets up with his friends and that's when they do the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in the park? Yeah. The, after we see him his first time smoking weed, then Bugs Bunny returns into the present time and he meets up with his friends. You know, he's like showing off crack and then she just steals his wallet. Smoke takes the wallet out of his pocket and throws it to her and she catches it and runs away. And then he chases after her. But then they meet up with baby Kermit, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, and they get into the roller coaster with them. Yeah, it's like this crazy bad trip. They're like inside his brain. Yeah, he he is inside his brain. We see these He's neurons like, going off. Inside me. <laughs> Michelangelo like disappears, I feel like, at some point because he disappears from the cover. He's the only character in the movie who's not shown on the cover art. Maybe he was a surprise. <laughs> I don't know, but um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first movie, came out like that 90. same year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had it on VHS. Dude, you know what? I want a VHS of the Coming Out of Our Shells tour. Like, I just love it. It's so cringy. And then there's the behind the scenes of the Coming Out of Our Shells tour, which I think would just be, of course, another excellent addition to my collection. I agree. Yeah. Um, so they're inside this fucking brain. Where does Gonzo coaster. come from? Like He just literally pops up from the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Look, those poor overworked overseas animators only had six weeks. He just like shows up in fucking Michael's brain. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm Gonzo. I'm gonna- You're telling me that like, you're not just going about your business and suddenly just a... A Muppet pops up every once in a while. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Makes no fucking sense at all. Just uh, accept it, Henry. This is our reality now. And then Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Tigger they show up. Because <laughs> yeah. the track it goes off the track and it starts going crazy. And, it and they're crashes like, through glass. And then like they Tigger just shows up and the fucking ducks from DuckTales. Yeah. And Michael's like literally laying in the grass just going like, help me, help me. Oh yeah, because like uh, the brain's imploding because this is when he's like, he's skateboarding, right? Yeah. And he's like high as fuck and he's skateboarding and like I guess Michael and them are like looking through his eyes yeah. and they're watching himself from the third person. Doesn't make sense still. Yeah, like, like uh, inside out. Like how or like Osmosis Jones. How are they looking through his eyes and they're seeing someone like three quarter view next to him? Like Yeah. <laughs> uh bad camera angles. It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Sixty four level so camera. He's like skateboarding on like one foot and he's like whoa (laughs) (laughs) the brain's about to implode and so there's like a literally an exit door (laughs) 
And I wish there was an exit door to my brain. <laughs> and they all go there. And then this is where they're all dicks. He's like trying to get out the door, too. And they're like, they literally say, you're on your own. And they like shut the door. Yeah, they leave him. So I think like, the Kermit's quote is abandoned brain. Yeah, that's what he said. He's an abandoned brain. And so they all abandon Michael. <laughs> they're like, See you. <laughs> they just leave and shut and the, the door. They shut him. the door on him. So then he like crash through his like eyeball like glass. Yeah, yeah. He like punches out his eyeball glass. Trust us, folks. It's just, it <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> and then we see him tumble into like the, the grass. And then he's like, I'm seeing ducks now. <laughs> then they sing a song. Yeah. This, Wonderful ways to say no. Yeah, this song, believe it or not, is literally written by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, who also wrote the songs for Disney's Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. There's a myriad wild and wonderful ways to say no. Don't say no way. Better learn if you went taken wherever you go. No dice, no sir. If you're confident, let's get by. Here's a practical reply. I found this Vice article where this author actually spoke with Jim Cummings, the man behind Winnie the Pooh, and he asked him, how do you feel about this project in retrospect? And Jim said, the one day solo recording session was fun. And unlike many of his colleagues, he had the foresight to nix any lines that would have Pooh articulating an intimate knowledge of the seedy world of drugs. He's an innocent. It makes no sense for him to even know those words Jim told me. So it's interesting that, you know, he just he stepped in and was like, meh. But, you know, the voice actors for Alvin and the Chipmunks were like, yeah, that's fine. So Michael wakes up right and thinks of a bad trip, bad dream, whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. He wakes up in bed somehow. He seems to be blacking out a lot. I don't know if that's bad storytelling or if that's like. That I'm trying to say, this is what it's like. Where are you going? Where are you at? You just wake <laughs> this up. is your brain on drugs. You just wake up in the backseat of a Toyota pickup for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he's in his bed, whatever. And then or like his sister's bed. I don't know. He runs in and his sister's in his room looking at his drug box with the fucking Diablo. <laughs> And she's like, huh, well, maybe if I do drugs, well, Michael will be she, my friend. Well, before that happens, like she walks in and they start talking and he gets mad and he storms off. And he domestic violences her. Yeah. He like grabs her wrist and is like, if you tell mom, I swear. Blah, blah. And she's like, Michael, you're hurting me. And I was like, whoa, dude, like you smoke weed and then violence. Then she finds the box and she's like, what's this? Because smoke pops up. He's like, hey, I'm your brother's friend, Smoke. You are thinking about doing drugs? And she's like, Michael's mad at me. Maybe if I do the drugs, Michael will not be mad at me because he likes this stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, wait, before that happened, he's looking in the mirror. Yeah, and, and he, he looks sees, like, like a zombie. He sees the Michael Jackson thriller like version yeah, of himself. Yeah, he looks like a zombie. Yeah, he literally looks like a decaying corpse. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they were trying to get at with that. that they they're were, like, oh, you don't even recognize yourself, do you? But it's like, that's not what he looks like. 
And that's when like Alf shows up. Yeah. They're like in this crazy like mirror fucking room. And it's like Michael seeing all these reflections of like past and present. And then like he sees this version of himself that Alf is like, look, if you don't stop doing drugs, you're going to look like Michael Jackson in the thriller video. (laughs) And he sees this potential future version of himself and he freaks out. And that's what kind of makes him want to stop doing drugs. Then like when Corey and Pooh go to Michael's room, they find his smoke box with his uh, Diabolo. (laughs) And uh, smoke shows up and like locks Pooh up. Oh, in the cabinet. Yeah. He locks him in the cabinet. He locks him in the cabinet. And that's when he starts talking to uh, Corey and trying to convince her to start doing drugs. Yeah, and she almost just about does them. But then Michael, with a changed heart, comes running in the door to see his sister on the verge of falling into the same not trap. Yet, not yet, not yet. Daffy Duck. Oh, yeah, Daffy Duck is psychic. <laughs> so, like, Michael's still, like, just tripping. And he finds Daffy Duck who's reading an eight ball. Not, not eight that ball, kind of eight, eight ball. ball. <laughs> not eight ball, fuck. He's, like, reading a bowling ball. A crystal crystal ball. ball. And his future looks even fucking worse. Now he's like, oh, no, that's when he goes back. And like he wants to like apologize and change and stuff and uh, stops her because she's about to. Yeah. So then they have this really heartwarming talk where Michael's like, oh, I'm so sorry for doing drugs and being a bad brother and don't ever do drugs. I need help. Let's go talk to mom and dad. Like, you know, how all drug interventions go. Like smoke shows up and like tosses smoke out the door at the window. Yeah. He lands in a garbage truck. Yeah. And drives away. He's like, like, I'll be back. (laughs) And uh, then all the cartoon characters jump into a poster. Yeah. So like when we see them going back to cartoon world or whatever, they all just like Super Mario 64 style into a poster on the wall and they're all in this poster and i'm like well wait a second why didn't they just have them come out of the poster yeah. in the first place so you're telling me that like the smurfs can either at any time <sighs> occupy the comic book or the poster but not or both the real at world the same time yeah why can't there be like a million Smurfs from like all the different printings of the comic book? You could just clone Smurfs by photocopying this fucking book. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe like Michael just doesn't notice because he's high as fuck all the time. <laughs> he's like, having these crazy trips. Like, I don't understand that they go into the poster. She goes, reads her comic book. She's like, where's Papa fucking Smurf at? <laughs> Where'd this poster come from? Dude. And why is Daffy Duck next to Donald Duck's nephews? You know, that poster wouldn't make any real sense because it's all these different brands. Speaking of posters, apparently on Amazon, you can buy like the original poster that was put in movie stores to promote the movie. It's like got a picture of the cover and it says rent here and whatever. You can buy that on Amazon for like $12. And I was like, honestly, kind of tempted. Don't do that. (laughs) I was looking up pictures of the cover of the movie, and uh, I ended up finding one that seemed a little off. It had with the Powerpuff Girls 
Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot. Like all of these cartoon characters that weren't in the movie and as a matter of fact existed way after 1990. And so we were like, what the fuck? Did someone just Photoshop this? What is this? And I click on it and it takes me to this like DVD store website. Yeah, it's a it's a DVD store and I said this has it's to a be dot a boot- PK. So yeah. it's like a Pakistani Pakistan, yeah. website. And they're selling a DVD that they claim is Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue using this oddly photoshopped cover. They don't use alternative covers for any other DVD in their store. The other thing that's weird about it, right, is like it's completely redrawn because there's parts of it that match, but it's different. So like both covers have purple curtains, but... This was obviously someone drawing these other purple curtains. It is not the same art style, but they are purple curtains and drawn in a similar manner and organized in the same manner. Like if you didn't look very hard at it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the cover, whatever. Yeah, it would definitely pass. But then you think for half a second and you're like, well, wait, they weren't in that. If you haven't seen this, seen it and you weren't familiar with what time frame it what came out in. Yeah. And someone showed it. Someone explained, oh, yeah, it was a anti-drug PSA and all these Saturday morning cartoon characters came together in a big ass crossover. If that's how you explain it and you show them that cover. Or would- think of it this way. There are people who grew up in Pakistan with no knowledge of American cartoons. And for whatever reason, someone decided to Photoshop their own cover, even though they obviously had access to the original because so much of it matches the original. Yeah, but it's not the same that it's like, what would drive someone to Photoshop this in the first place? It was like someone was tasked with recreating it. It'd be one thing if it just said Cartoon All-Stars had an alternative logo and was obviously like something completely fan done. They would say, okay, they didn't have access to a high enough file of the original so they had to just make up something <laughs> that would make more sense. But the fact that this is replicating aspects of the original, like I said, it means they have access to the original. Why didn't they use the original? Well, art? what if humor me this when they Googled the picture for Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, this like weird like piece of deviant art pops up that. as the first I result. I was just thinking that like what if- Because I did see like some other fan edits and I'm like, maybe there was a fucking thread on deviant art one day or something. Like what if Cartoon just- All-Stars came out in, in yeah. 2002? Yeah. That that's really plausible, right? It's I feel like that could definitely have been like a thing <laughs> yeah. on the something awful form. That it's like, oh my god, like the like ship people, like fan fiction like shippers. Mm-hmm. That they're probably like Someone's just saw, if I could make my own cartoon search to the rescue, these are the cartoons that I would have in it. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's 100% dude like that's entirely so these, fucking like, valid Pakistani bootleggers are making their website and they're like just pulling in a database of movies and googling the picture and like that's the first one that happens to pop up and they don't know American cartoons so they're like yeah okay yeah, that's fine. seems yeah. legit well, it's like it was it's like I said it's high enough quality that it definitely passes yeah that like you could you could ship it you could ship that. Yeah. You could definitely throw it into a DVD insert, put it on a shelf, and no one's no going to one question know. it. And it was only like $8. And I was like, okay, I have to fucking get this. Like, what an awesome thing to have. <laughs> and yeah, like- a Pakistani DVD R. It might not even have that fucking, like, 
you know I don't know insert as long okay we I saw some blue like DVDs like the other day when we were thrifting yeah and, like, it was just like a plastic bag and a, somebody bootlegged like fucking Medea's Christmas or something the Medea one was crazy because that was on VHS yeah and it also had a note written on the on the the label so that Medea VHS was very interesting um, because it looked fairly high production. It was a full slip cover and everything. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, printed off of someone's yeah, computer. Yeah, like, onto, like, some thick cardstock that they folded up. Yeah. Um, but... And it said, like, happy birthday on it or something. <laughs> it was, like, uh, it was a decent little, little, little note. Like, it said happy birthday on the outside, but then, like, when you pull the tape out on the tape's label, it also had a, a, a note, like written like more hope this finds you blah 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 blah. Mm. anyway uh no the the dvd bootlegs we saw that were just in the the plastic bag and they had the insert printed on an inkjet printer just slipped in there with the (laughs) dvdr yeah that that's what i'm talking about like Mm. like there's not even like a case dude some of the prices like for what they charge, they better give me a fucking slip cover. Some of the things are like $50, $60 Dude. for these bootlegs. They're obviously bootlegs. They claim they're import, but that's just, you know, slang for bootleg. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. This one is $8. Fuck it. I'll go to privacy.com. I'll go fucking get a temporary car number for $8 and purchase this. Right. But they have a $15 minimum. And that really is like the minimum price of anything on their store. They have a lot of shit that's just bullshit, too. Like they have. They're charging like eight bucks for a YouTube video. Yeah. Weird Simpsons VHS off of YouTube. It's a minute and a half. And they were charging eight bucks for that. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, what the fuck is this? It's a DVD of something called Weird Simpsons. Well, that's a that's a. Yeah, clip. I've like seen that. Weird Simpsons VHS 2015 is what it's called. Yeah. It's like, and a half what? YouTube what video. is that? And we look it up on YouTube yep. and it's just, you know, like a fucking short ass cartoon. It's a parody of the intro. Yeah. That's all it is. And so charge any bucks for that. They have some stuff that claims it's like 4K Ultra HD. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm like for 60 fucking dollars. I mean, that's how much they cost here. But like. There might years of anime bootleggery. I know that what they say on the box isn't always what you get. That's just how it goes. True, true. But I gotta say, I was curious. We'll, we'll, like, we'll man, do I'm intrigued. I've you know made a little list, some movies off of there that I'd like to buy and maybe talk about on the show. But um, you know, for fifteen dollars, twenty five dollars, I'm like, mm, for a bootleg, I don't know, man. Yeah. For the meme, am I willing to pay that much for the meme? I don't know. It's not worth it to me. No. $25 is almost how much like the VHS goes for. Yeah, man. This is a pricey VHS if you're trying to look for it. Yeah, but apparently if you worked in a school or something, like they would literally send you a free copy. We found a picture of this. It's like a scan of this form that if you were in a school or something, you could submit it to the fucking McDonald's vhs headquarters or whatever and they'd be like all right send them a free copy because they just wanted people to see it so bad you know what makes me really curious about this tape what since we now we're just talking about the tape itself we saw there's a beta copy out there yeah and 
if you don't know about when Beta was dying and you're listening to this, Beta was fucking absolutely dead at 1990. Sony had already stopped making machines. Sony had stopped putting movies out for like five years, but other companies were still putting out movies. But like Sony had already shifted to releasing movies on VHS, manufacturing parts of VHS decks. And then by 1989, they began selling Sony branded VHS decks and they had already stopped making beta for years. So who needed a beta copy of this fucking tape? How many are out there? Well, maybe they were for broadcast. I want to say that, but at the same time, it had a full slipcover. Broadcast betas don't typically have a slipcover with artwork. If it has a slipcover, it'd be just like, you know, like a file name, essentially. It's weird. Maybe they were just like, put it on as many formats as humanly possible. I wonder if, like, when you ordered it, you could get beta. Like, I know McDonald's didn't have the betas, but, like... Imagine what if you're like ordering the form. It's like, what format do you need? Hmm. VHS, beta, film reel. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Notice how that's a sticker? Yeah. But it's a beta tape inside of the VHS box. Beta was so dead that they said fuck it on making a beta box for this and like taking the money to make an injection mold or anything <laughs> like that. It was put the beta tape into the bigger VHS box and slap a beta sticker over the VHS logo. Wow. That's that started happening at the end of beta's lifespan. And like I said, this was 1990. So that's how dead this this format was. Fuck. I kind of want to <laughs> I want to have this tape. It's going to be. I kind of wanted that poster. You know, there's something about it that it's so like, I don't know. They tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. Because they had good intentions, but mostly the programs were ineffective. The war on drugs has been deemed a failure. Absolutely. So they did make some uh, changes to the D.A.R.E. program in a way that was more interactive. And I guess it's been shown to be more effective. 2009. Yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real. D.A.R.E. Yeah. They're like, dare, they used to just sit us down in a room and they were like, hey, well, you know, kids, they'll just uh, they'll listen to authority. And so we would have a fucking police officer come in and just talk at us for like an entire hour that like, I don't know, it's so it was so bad. And the kids were so bored and they're not being given realistic information. All it really would take, like, like if with particular with weed, statistically, kids were around it. You know? Yeah. So saying this is going to turn you into a dope fiend and this and this and this. How many kids, a large portion of them go, well, Greg's mom smokes weed. I mean, yeah. What's with that? Like that one PSA. The dad's like, where'd you learn to do this stuff? He's they like, learned if it watching you. <laughs> and that's exactly Classic. my point. Like yeah. it's statistically. A lot of kids were already not going to listen because they had firsthand experience with it not fucking up lives. Because as we know, marijuana doesn't fuck up your life unless you're arrested for it. That's how the Crash Dummies PSA, you know, why that worked. Yeah, because it's just the boomerang effect completely. It, the Crash Dummies said, we're going to laugh with you. We're going to make you laugh. And you're going to remember positively mm-hmm. that 
I'm going to that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to laugh. Those guys made me laugh. I buckle my seatbelt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Versus you being told not to do something. And now it's like, well, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna do even harder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That like actually drug usage went up among dare graduates. Yeah. That like, holy shit. It was it was producing the opposite effect. I guess I see it as it's a glimpse into the past. It's a relic. It's kind of iconic because it represents a school of thought that, you know, we were basically the guinea pigs for. And we've reached a point in history where we can reflect on that time and see its results and assess those results. And we're assessing that like, oh, we were a failed experiment. And just seeing this, those seeds being planted, like that's what Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue is. And I just find that utterly fascinating. And here we are, high as fuck, talking about it on a podcast. I remember having like a dare pin at work, like ironically. Yeah. I know a lot of people that wear like dare shirts ironically. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, like what better way to stick it to the man? I always felt like tacky wearing one. Yeah. Like my, I remember I had a shirt that was like, you know, they, they gave them away at school and shit, you know? When would I wear this dare shirt? Ironically, I, while doing drugs. I'm not thinking about that back in the year, like, 1999. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm already, like, a nerdy kid. Now I'm wearing the free t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, There's something just tacky about wearing a free t-shirt, right? Like, it's one thing if the t-shirt looks cool. But it's it's just the free T-shirt for dare for the school program. And like, I don't know, that made me feel like, you know, what's really crazy. I just had this thought. So everyone at some point gets a free T-shirt, right? For something. (laughs) Okay. I feel like the like the T-shirt racks at Goodwill are just those t-shirts that what we do is we all get together as a society (laughs) we get free t-shirts we donate them to Goodwill and then people go to Goodwill and spend money to buy other people's free (laughs) t-shirts you're you're probably pretty close like I don't it's not obviously not all of them but holy shit it is quite a bit of like free t-shirts free uniforms like oh it's a chipotle t-shirt oh it's a starbucks shirt oh got a a shirt from a from 343 for halo and fuck infinity the other day like we're out thrifting for tapes um gym here's a free shirt from the gym i feel like every piece just tells a story right like that's why I bought the 343 shirt. I yeah, thought, like, like, oh, that's kind of cool. You get a vibe off of it. You can kind of sense, like, who would purchase such a thing? Or why would someone own such a thing? Senior volleyball get-together, March 14th, 1997. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, I guess I know that at American Lake, there was a volleyball tournament <laughs> for seniors in, and they in March 1997. It must have been yeah, quite an event. Yeah, I was like, okay, that <laughs> happened here. Like, next, it's like, oh, next time we go to... Yeah, go to- you know that Kelsey wore that shirt with pride for years. And then it's time for her to go to college. She's got a downsize, you know. She's like, all right, it's time to get rid of my volleyball tournament shirt. And she donates it to the Goodwill with her other stuff. We see, like, a... Like a shirt that's custom made for somebody. 
and it's like like the airbrush I, I airbrush shirts or like one where it's obviously got like someone's like nickname on them and like why was he called heavyweight <laughs> <laughs> or some slogans that just like don't make sense and you're like why is it on a shirt yeah because it was like part of like a promotion of like something, something else that specific. was something else that was going on. Yeah. Like, and without context, you're just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I love I love thrifting, really. It's really interesting to look through old shit. Cartoon All Stars is a very interesting time capsule of the past, both in the context of where we were at in society both with like the war on drugs, but also just where pop culture was at with all the cartoons that were there. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I liked it to sum up. I like it. It's my kind of content. I, I say go for it. I mean, it's available for free on YouTube at this point. Just watch it there. Don't shell out 40 bucks for the VHS tape because that's apparently what it goes for on the secondhand market. Damn. Yeah. Or $8 for a Pakistani bootleg with an inaccurate cover. How much is the shipping going to be on that? I don't know. They, there's like a note that like if your shipping's too high to message them and you can work something out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a really weird it's business like, it's model. Like, we're going to barter? Like, I'm, they, in, I'm so intrigued by it. They, t- they take money transfer. Yeah. But if you're in the U.S., they take PayPal. So I'm sure that was because they're like, you know, sketchy things happen when money transfers overseas. Yeah, dude. Well, well you know, we're not sus. We're just... Uh, <laughs> Sounds them imports. Not sus, we're just you us. We're just you us. We're just uh, selling some import DVDs. No, they're not bootlegs. They're imports. They're imports. So uh, they're Chinese imports. That's <laughs> like no. I'm not even joking. Like that. Oh shit. What? Yeah, dude. They are. That's what they get. Yeah, that's it's a yeah. It's technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Like, <laughs> let's wrap this up. So, yeah, I liked it. Give it a watch. Don't. (laughs) Don't. Even if you're high? No, it's not worth it. It's okay. I want my 30 minutes back. (laughs) All right, folks. It's past midnight, and we're ready to uh, put this 420 celebration to a close. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please have a splendid 420. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, vhsaturday.com. We have a mailing list if you'd like to sign up for updates. We'll see you next week. But until then, remember, be be kind, kind, rewind. rewind.